Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in our lives, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and even some fun in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on We Don't Die Radio, I have Patricia Knoll. Patricia is coming to us from Florida today. Patricia is an author, speaker, a self-esteem expert who empowers people to experience real, long-lasting happiness that comes from the inside out by changing the way we see ourselves. She's a licensed mental health counselor, certified addictions professional, acupuncture physician, and founder of Focus One, which is an outpatient substance abuse program in Florida. And she's counseled thousands of individuals for over 25 years. Her first writing experience was called the Focus One Addiction Treatment Manual, and it received endorsements from Deepak Chopra, Dr. Larry Dossie, Jack Cornfield, and even Jacqueline Small. Patricia is the author of the new book titled Good With Me, A Simple Approach to Real Happiness from the Inside Out. And she introduces the concept that we don't just have self-esteem, but also other dependent esteem, which is really at the root of our unhappiness, discontent, our addictions, anger, rage, violence, bullying, criminal behavior, and even suicide. And I'm excited to have Patricia on the show today and find out more about what she's up to and her passion, but also that she said she has a story or two why she believes that we don't die. So Patricia Knoll, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Sandra. I'm so delighted to be here. Such an honor and privilege to be able to share with you. Yeah, it's very exciting because we have um, laid eyes on each other and talked at various seminars and things. And um, we're Facebook friends, of course. And I was super excited that you volunteered and you said you have some stories for us. So a little bit about you. You're in Florida right now, correct? Correct. Saint, I'm in Florida. St. Petersburg, in the, Clearwater. In the Tampa Bay area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And I'm actually in Connecticut right now visiting with my mom. Normally I'm in Massachusetts. And your background is being in the mental health field? That's right. And specifically in the field of addiction. So I, I do both. I have had a, an outpatient substance abuse treatment program, as you say, for over 25 years. Awesome. I've worked with thousands of people, and in that process, wanting to get to the root of what happens, why some people make it and why others don't, and what's really going on. So that's where I am coming from today. I'm excited that you're into that because... Um... You know, we've heard a lot about changing our beliefs and changing our patterns and obviously changing our results. And, you know, even for me, I always listen to my guest as far as like what's in it for me. (laughs) And and you, you know me, I mean, the pictures tell everything as successful as I may be and as happy as I appear. There, there is, I would call it a food addiction, and I've had my good days and bad days and lost a lot of weight and gained it back, but ever since I was a, a little kid, there's, there's always been something there, and it's like, why can I get everything else in my life taken care of, but that one thing I feel like I can't. So um, a big part of the show, as our listeners know, is not just your stories about we don't die, but if we don't die, how can we have a powerful life? And I know each and every one of us has, you may or may not want to call them demons or skeletons in your closet, but things that maybe are autopilot behaviors or addictions. Or And I certainly know people unhappy that have addictions, that have anger um, and things like that. And so 
what does it take? Because I'm a firm believer that while we're here on planet Earth, we could, we should have the best life possible. And for some of us, that means overcoming some of these things. So I think that'll be a, a real great part, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your book and, and that, too. I would love to share about but my we'll book. we'll do that a little um, bit after. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? Right. I want to hear right. about I was just going to say, I agree with you. I think we're here to have fun, to have happiness, to feel good, and... I think that what we've been doing is, as professionals, teaching the wrong thing. So I have a lot about what I've discovered to share with you. Oh, I can't wait for that because mm-hmm. I, I love that you're saying we're teaching the wrong thing. Okay, well, let's get to the title of the show first. We don't die. What do you got? Why do you think that we don't die, that life after death is real? You have a couple stories for us, you said, one or two? Hi. I do. I I have two. uh, One that's really, well, they're both near and dear to my heart. The the first one is rather short. Um, My special person in my life, which happened to be a mother-in-law, and actually when she passed, she was in her 90s. We were exceptionally close. She was like my mother, if you can understand that. Uh, Unconditional love every day that I knew her and we spoke to each other every day she lived alone for uh, the last years of her life and so we spoke about three times a day morning noon and night and so every day around noon she would call and say hey because that would be when I was on my way to my office I keep late hours Mm -hmm. so she would call and just say have a great day I'm doing great and we just have a little talk after she passed um, a couple days or so after that, uh, my phone rang, and it was around noontime, and I picked it up, and no one was there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's funny. So anyway, hung it up, you know, as you do when no one's there. Maybe they just hung up. The next day, the same thing. The next day, the same thing. The next day, the same thing. Finally, I realized, oh, my goodness, that's Mom. She is calling me. And I had no doubt, I have no proof, but I had no doubt. I knew it in my heart every day. And that went on, Sandra, for six months. Oh, my gosh. And did you have caller ID or anything like that? Or was that just um, just the the phone ringing? There was was nothing. It was just the phone ringing. Nothing on the caller ID. Which is strange. It's totally strange, right? Right. So after, you know, about a week of it, I'm thinking, this is different. Something's wrong here. Something, what's going on? So that's my first experience, personal experience with my thinking that she's still here. She's still around. She's still in touch with me. Right. And I, and I just knew it in my heart that that was that was accurate. And there are times when I might be sitting on my sofa or driving in my car or just anything, and I will smell her scent. Oh. And so, and I, and I just, I just say, Mom, I know you're here. How are you doing? And I have a little conversation sometimes when I have the opportunity to do that. Can but, you hear her words back in your mind? I sometimes can, yes, that, you know, you're doing great, you're, you know, I love you, I'm here with you, Um, yes. I love that. One of the things that I talk about a lot is we have to have a quiet mind in order for our loved ones to often come through. That's why so many of them come while we're dreaming. Um, and our mind is quiet or just when we're waking Mm -hmm. up in the morning or before bed and sitting on the couch, you're pretty relaxed, zoned out, or even in your car, you know, so often we zone out and miss our exit because we're in that, whatever that place is in our mind. Yeah. And that's where very often, like I, I can feel my grandmother sitting next to me. Sometimes I can feel her Mm -hmm. skin and her long fingernails that she had. And I love that you, you get the scent of her and, but it really does take a quiet mind to be able to listen. And, um, and sometimes really, you know, I, 
believe it or not, with all the shows that I've done, I don't. <clears throat> I don't really practice what I preach too often. And so many people say, you know, your dad's right with you and he wants you to talk to him like he's still around and listen. And the few times that I've honestly done it, it's I just get a picture in my mind of like an extremely happy guy who's just like, I'm here with you, Sandra. I love you. And, you know, so there might not be any profound messages except for I'm proud of you and and things like that. So that's really wonderful. Yes, yes. And the phone ringing, too. Yes, the phone ringing, exactly. So, and then, and then it it didn't stop after six months or so. Uh And so I thought, well, maybe she's just going on and getting busy with wherever she is right now. And uh, she knows I'm okay. And that would have, that would have always been her wish is always that I was okay, that I was okay. She was just a wonderful, I'm just blessed to have had her in my life for real. And I'm still blessed that she's still around. So I I love her for that. That's very, very nice. Yes. And what's your other story? My second story is about my little dog. I had a little white Maltese. Her name was Muffin. Oh. And... Yes, and I had her for about five, and she was five and a half, and suddenly, one Saturday morning, I took her out for a walk, and she was limping a little bit and holding up one paw, so I just kind of watched that, and it got a little worse. I called the vet, and she said, well, if she gets worse, take her in, you know, have her looked at. Well, within about three hours, she wasn't able to stand up, so I went through all the all the veterinary and the emergency service we took her in and it was something neurological and what was found was that she had an embolism on her spinal cord oh boy. and it was paralyzing her and I was told that sometimes they do recover so she was on a ventilator for four days and just wasn't strong enough to make it she passed in my arms I was holding her and I was really 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 close to her she went to my office every day with me. She was like a little therapy dog, even though she wasn't certified. And so when I was, I was quite, quite sad when I lost her. However, since she did go to my office with me every day, there was really something missing in my office was her energy. Um, I have a lot of people that come to my office who are court ordered because of drugs and possession charges and things like that. So she just made a difference in kind of putting people at ease, normalizing an abnormal situation for a lot of people. Right. So I thought, well, okay, I'm still really, really sad. I'm going to find another one. I'm going to find another little white, fluffy puppy. So I did. And as I was driving up to look at this little puppy, I was just, I was saying a prayer, you know, just... I want a crystal clear sign that this is the right puppy for me. So with that in mind, let me back up just a a bit. Muffin was, was cremated, and on the morning that she was cremated, I walked out my front door, and here was a big monarch butterfly in my flowers. I had never seen one before, and I, I knew in my heart of hearts that was Muffin. So with that in mind, the butterfly kept coming around, kept coming around. So this is a month later now that I'm going to buy this little puppy. Mm-hmm. And so I get there, and the person that I'm going to uh, that's going to show me the puppy is in the shower. It's a personal home. So I said, "Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'll just wait outside." Right. So as I took a turn to my right, there was a clump of little yellow daisies. And flying in the little in the clump of yellow daisies was a monarch butterfly. Oh, goosebumps you okay. just gave me. Okay, so I just knew. Okay, that's my crystal clear sign. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the puppy. She looked just like the one I had before. So I took her. So now a month later, I have this little now twelve-week-old puppy sitting in my office, once a year, I have a site audit 
a visit by the state of Florida. Okay. They have to take a look at my files, and it's like an eight-hour process. So Muffin would always sit on the chair right next to me, never make a move, never make a sound, just sit eight hours through this whole thing. And <laughs> That's a funny visual. <laughs> right? <laughs> Your support. <laughs> so this time I have this little 12-week-old puppy does the same exact thing, sits quiet as a church mouse through the whole eight hours of looking at papers and files and talking and what have you, never makes a sound or a peep. So when we're done at the end of the day, my daughter, who was visiting and and, and had waited for this whole thing, stepped out of my office, out the front door, and then she called back in, Mom, come here, come here, quick, come here. I walked out the door, and on the outside of my office window, guess what was there? The monarch butterfly on, on my office window. So I had the new little puppy in my arms. Her name is Daisy. She's sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> oh. And so my daughter grabbed the camera and took pictures of the monarch butterfly on my hand up to Daisy's nose. Oh, sweet. The two of them. And the butterfly stayed for over 20 minutes. I have tears rolling down my eyes. Of course. Right? Yes. So that's, that's why I know that we don't die. That is a beautiful story. You know, it's interesting because the subtitle of my book is is a skeptic's discovery of life after death. And all of us have this inner skeptic. And I think it's so easy to be like, well, it's just a butterfly. How do you know? You know, and I've talked to so many people, even Christine Dominiac. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's got a book called Heaven Talks to Children and really incredible stories about that, but also about getting signs from our loved ones and they they can be very specific I mean Christine's belief is uh, and and if anybody wants to hear the interview I had with Christine about some of these signs if you go to we don't die radio.com and just scroll down uh, she's a blonde haired woman I think she's got a red blazer on it's Christine Duminiac but she says prayer is necessary first and then to talk to your loved one and really talk about a sign and something um, becomes whether you're asking for dimes or a butterfly or a dragonfly or something unique and this is only my thought Patricia but if I'm over there on the other side and they say that energy manipulation is is what happens however magically that happens whether it's to turn on and off Uh, the television or a light switch or however that works but once there's a certain sign it's easier to do that sign again and again and and it takes putting aside the skeptical mind which we all have which I always say you know that's not our cheerleader very often it's we're beating up on ourselves, and like you talk about uh, esteem issues well that's also that little voice and the skeptic so had you not ever seen you never seen monarch butterflies before floating around and the fact that they came just or it came just at those moments and there you were with little daisy with the monarch butterfly to me that's clear and it's really special and how did it make you feel I just, I think I just was glowing inside. It was like, I just, I knew in my heart of hearts. I don't know how to describe that any no, better or any that, differently. That's our instinct, intuition, <laughs> mm-hmm. that yes. powerful knowing. Do you think it, that inner knowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you think it makes a difference knowing that your mother-in-law is still around, that Muffin, although not with you physically, is still around? Do you think that helps you with your life? I do. I do. Uh, It helps me as far as faith 
and believing and trusting in the process of life and and not doubting and for me i think it's helped me know that something good comes out of everything and i think that's important for us to to be able to have that sense that even though sometimes things are happening that maybe, oh, I really wish this weren't happening right now. And instead of getting uptight and stressed and really negative about it, I can stay in a positive place by knowing that something good will come out of it. Right. I just can't see it right at this moment in time. And I think that's a big shift that that helped me with. I posted, I was just looking on my phone, I posted something on Facebook, a picture that I saw a couple days ago, and it's a quote by Rumi, live life as if everything is rigged in your favor. Yes, absolutely, and I believe it is. And and it may not look that way, that's often the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's where we get into what my life's work and mission is about today is that, you know, being good with ourselves and how we've been taught really not to be. Say more about that. And I'm also interested if everything's rigged in our favor, some of the addictions and unhappiness (laughs) and and things like that, how could that be? Because it's really much easier to beat up on myself for what I did or didn't do then look at the gift it might be in my life because that just seems preposterous well i'm an example i'm i'm a living example um you know i i i grew up with an alcoholic mother uh who was very angry and and uh so i kind of missed out on all of that and i was bitter about that for a while and then went through my own lack of self-esteem and having total other dependent esteem. Um, I experienced a lifetime of it, and I thought there was something wrong with me. And that was because I wasn't happy like everyone else seemed to be. So, you know, I didn't know what to do to feel better other than I would drink too much alcohol or I would shop too much or I'd eat too much junk food, just like Mm -hmm. you're talking about. You know, just, or I needed to have all the right things so that I could always look good or be the center of attention and, and then really just fake that I was okay and as good as everyone else. So that was my life. Well, because of that, that has propelled me into being who I am today. And and I, I've learned what I've learned for myself And because it's my life story, I'm not teaching anything that I haven't already learned for myself. Yeah, those are the best teachers to have. Aren't they? They sure are. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't experienced what I had experienced. And there were times when I was going through it, it was like, why does everything always happen to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Well, now I know because I have that experience. I can really get inside the thoughts and feelings of of others in a way that they know that I know exactly what they're feeling. And then I can teach that simple approach that I've learned works. Simple. 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 Simple Simple doesn't always mean easy. No? Could you tell us a bit? I mean, I know you have the book and you've had 25 years experience, but... Could you give us a little inkling what this simple thing is? Sure, sure. I certainly can. (laughs) You said simple. I thought, no. And I know what you mean by not easy. I I do know what you mean by that. But but what is it? Because, I mean, (laughs) you know, you say long-lasting happiness comes from the inside out. And I believe that. And, And even changing the way we see ourselves, I have an exercise that I have people do in my book that is to write down everything you think of yourself. And of course, Beautiful. what's filled mm-hmm. in it is normally really negative things. Very often, there might be some positive. And then I have people make a list of all the successes that they've had in life. 
And of mm -hmm. course, that's kind of an eye opener that this loser that we just wrote down could have so many successes, even the little things. So, you know, they're all successes. And then I have people do this exercise is whether you question a dozen people in your life or you just think about what their answer would be, you know, what are the good qualities or, or what do you think of me? And then you write down what either you imagine the people that you know and love you would say about you or you actually ask them. And the paper is filled with all these things like you're so generous, loving, funny, smart, powerful, you can make things happen, you know, all these things. And then to look at that paper, you know, look at all those successes, look at all those things people say, and yet there's just one being that says the negative stuff. And so who's right? Well, the other people are. And so to me, right. that's like how we see ourselves is, is how other people see us. But unfortunately, it's not so easy to just live that way sometimes. I mean, I only have like short moments that I can get it. But then I, you know, fall back into the trap of whatever it is. I don't matter. I'm unlovable. Too big, you know. Right, right. Instead of celebrating and embracing that you're big and, and, in, and enjoy it and love every bit of it. But that's where... That's why my discovery of other dependent esteem really makes such a difference. It actually defies traditional psychology's notion of self-esteem because, you know, no one seems to understand that what, <clears throat> excuse me, what's considered to be self-esteem has nothing to do with self. And that we're teaching other dependent esteem and wondering why we don't feel good. Right. So, and, and what's happening, and, and I'm going to talk about what you just, just said, the list from other people, when the esteem we have for who we are is dependent upon someone or something outside of ourselves, Yes. it comes and goes. Yes, See, it there's does. There's never enough, right? Never enough praise, kudos, never enough accomplishments to last. So, other people can tell you all day long, you are wonderful, you are right. beautiful, you are accomplished, you, the list goes on, as you said, the long list, and it's, and here's what I found out, it doesn't matter what other people think about you, what matters is what you think about you, hmm. and if you think you aren't good enough, that you haven't accomplished enough yet because you're so many years old in life right, or right. someone else is better than you at doing this or that. It won't matter that a million people tell you you're wonderful. Oh, sure, it feels good for a, a nanosecond or two. It does. Maybe you'll get a couple of days out of it, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't last. And then you've got to have more and you have to have more and you have to have more. And I think what my discovery actually embraces is a lot of what we just talked about, you know, in that we don't die, that we have value and worth, basic fundamental value, just because we were born into this life and we exist, and for no other reason. And that's what I actually teach when we get to that, because what is the other dependent esteem about? You have to have enough things, do enough things. Sure. It's about who you know, what you know, what you have, instead about that you just have value just because. Right. And so we lose so many people in this process of having to have and be and know and do. Oh, and literally lose. There's a ton of suicide. Tons, Absolutely. Tons, tons, tons. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why if you see what I, I believe that this other dependent esteem is at the root of our discontent, our unhappiness, and then it just progresses until it gets to either violence or suicide because we're angry. You know, we get angry even though we won't show it. It's kind of underneath the surface and it's like, well, why can't I do this? Why are they? What, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the deal? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? And I believe there are four basic attachments running us 
when we don't have real self-dependent esteem that I like me just because. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the need for approval from others. Okay. Okay, we need to be liked. We worry about what other people are thinking about us. You know, do they like me? Did I do this well enough? Do I look good? Am I okay? You know, so we have that going on that's running us. So we become the people pleaser sometimes or, you know, we'll do what anyone wants us to do because we want them to approve of us and like us. Yeah, or we do activities so we can be around people that make us feel good about ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the second one is the need to look good, because if we look good, others approve of us, right? Right. Okay. Then we need to be right, number three. Yep, I'm writing this down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So if we're right, we look good, people like us and approve of us. Yes. They think well of us. And then the last one is the need to control the outcome, the way things turn out. They have to turn out a certain way, the way I think they should, in order that I can be right and I can look good and then people will approve of me. Wow, so many of these just kind of hit home with me, like, oh, ouch, oh, yeah. You know, and just while you're saying them, I can just see Mm -hmm. how I fit into that. Because yeah. I, I mean, I'm clearly on autopilot when I, you and I were just at a, a conference called Author 101, and um, those were the folks that helped me publish my book. And when I show up there, I'm, you know, the poster child for, you have a dream of writing your book and now accomplished. And everybody came up to me, even the, the celebrities there saying, oh, Sandra's here. And holy cow, did that feel good? You know I mean? That was yes. really great. And then, and then I was flown off to be part of a television show, and they rolled out the red carpet. But left to my own devices, you know, it's it's not that. I mean, I don't have that grounded approval for myself. And not that I'm out, yes. you know, trying to find those places, so I feel that all the time. But I can really see that I don't have that coming from within. That's why it feels most so good to be doing those. What did you say? And most of us don't. Okay. We haven't been taught to have them. Think about, did you crawl as fast as your mom's best friend's baby did when you were little? Oh, I don't you, know. <laughs> Probably. Did you walk soon enough? Yeah. Did you learn your ABC soon enough? Did you learn to read? Did you, you know, were you accomplished as a good speller or academically? Right. Or did you, were you athletic? And we soon learn, you know, I have a story about um, my family was rather poor, very poor. And so it was a big treat to go get an ice cream cone. And so whenever we went, we were really dressed up and, you know, we looked, you know, at least we were fresh and clean. And so, but the big thing was don't get that ice cream on your dress. Right. That's looking good. Right. And yes. And if my ice cream dripped on my dress, because I was pretty little when this started, I got in trouble. And I soon learned that I had to be a certain way in order to be liked, in order to be approved of. So that was conditional. Yeah. And then we just keep going through life with all of these messages and and we're just comparing ourselves. There's a new word, uh, comparanoia, that's been coined for the way that we compare ourselves to others. Am I as good as they are? Do I look, am, do I do this right? You know, and so when we don't feel good about ourselves from the inside out, just because, then we're constantly comparing ourselves to others to see how good enough is. Yeah, exactly. What is good enough, right? Yeah. And, of course, the better we become, then because we don't have this internal belief that we are good enough, we keep raising the bar. You know, we, we do, we accomplish. You're, you've oh, accomplished so many things. Definitely. I've accomplished so many things, right? But what do we do? We keep raising the bar. Oh, well, this was good, but not, not enough. And none of it is going. satisfying. Because exactly. if, if I put down on paper everything I've done... It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, like who is that person? 
but why don't I feel it is because you like you say I'm raising the bar raising the bar right and why don't you feel it is because you don't think it okay we've got to change the way we think about ourselves that is what has to shift okay thought creates feeling and feeling creates behavior okay thought okay creates I'm writing it down, even though I know I can listen to this again. Thoughts create feelings, right? Feelings. Feelings create action. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Correct. Correct. So I'm getting that this sounds simple, what you're saying, (laughs) but it's not easy. (laughs) Right. There's the simplicity. Okay. But but first of all, before, excuse me, before anything can change, we have to have this awareness. We have to know what we've been doing to ourselves. Right. Because as you said just a moment ago, you've been on autopilot. Most of us live our lives on autopilot and wonder why we don't feel good and why they aren't turning out the way we wanted them to. And maybe they are turning out exactly the way we want them to, but we don't feel it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we were at the conference not too long ago, and we heard John Asaraf talk, and I was amazed when he said people would win the lottery, and it's only a matter of time before they lose all their money, or homeless people that they supply with a nice home and food, and it's not too long until they're back on the streets again. And even those of us who are overweight and we lose weight, it's not too long before we gain it back. And it, it, it mm-hmm. seems like, I know... I really believe that our thinking has become so habitual that it's no matter what we're given, it's just so easy to think the thoughts we've always thought and then have the feelings we all always felt, which lead to the actions that we do. Exactly. And the way we've always been, how many times do we hear people say, I've always done it this way, or this is the way Mm -hmm. we've always been. And that is their comfort zone. You know, whatever's familiar for us, even pain, right? once it's familiar, it becomes comfortable. Yes. And so we just don't like to change because at first it feels like we've just been hung out to dry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is too scary. Um, well, you hear you know, people and, and, in those abusive relationships and you're just like, why are they still in yes. that? What's wrong with them? I'd never do that. You know, that kind of thing. But right. pain becomes comfortable. You said that precisely yes. in three words. Oh, yes. wow. So what yes. do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we okay, do? Okay, so once we become aware, like, <laughs> yep. oh my gosh, okay, I have this other dependent esteem. We've got to, you know, own it. And one of the biggest things that is the most difficult to do for someone who doesn't have real self-dependent esteem Mm -hmm. is to admit that they don't have it right? because of this need to look good and have approval all the time. So it's really difficult. So people say, oh, I feel good about myself. I I have plenty of self-esteem. Not. They have plenty of other dependent esteem. And what we've done is, is we've said that, okay, you have either low self-esteem or you have high self-esteem, right? You've heard that before. Right. Yep. So, but really what we have is low other dependent esteem or low or high other dependent esteem. If lots of people are liking me today and I got a lot of approval and I, and I was on TV and right, I right, right. Book, blah, 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 uh-huh. right? Yep. Wow, I've got high self-esteem. No, I have high other dependent esteem because it's all external. Right. And, and when no one's liking me today, I have low other dependent esteem when I haven't accomplished. So there's nothing self in any of that. Once we get the self, it's pretty stable. It's pretty consistent because I own it. Yes. External, I don't own. That belongs to everyone else and all those accomplishments. Yes. It isn't mine Uh to keep, right? Yep. And so look at what is playing out in in our just breaking news today, if you will, the school shootings by the young teenagers, or even the the Sandy Hook shooting, Mm -hmm. if you look at that horrible, horrific uh, event. 
if you look at the, 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 the young people or and even adults that do other things, but those are people, in my belief, that from my discovery, that don't have self-dependent esteem, they don't like who they are, and they think no one else likes them mm-hmm. either. They're not getting anything coming at them. And so if you follow that progression, we get angry, rageful. Oh, yeah. You know, right? And then it turns into violence, and that anger and rage, and it's an extreme that we're seeing in these situations, however it happens, you know, and, and it's either going to explode and I hurt you, or it's going to implode and I hurt me, and sometimes both. Yes. So we see, we see both. So that's, you know, where I see we're just losing so many young people, but we've already lost so many uh, adults yeah. and, and even seniors that have already fallen through the cracks. But here's what we have to be able to do, some, some tips here. Okay. We have to have the information. We have to have the awareness that we haven't had that we are being taught to be dependent upon someone or something outside of ourselves to make us feel good. We're not teaching that you can feel good about yourself just because you exist. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the key. And, and that doesn't mean you can't have anything or do anything. What it does mean, though, is it changes the whole dynamic of having and doing. Because if... I feel good about myself from the inside out just because I don't have to have anything or do anything to feel good. Now I can have fun with the things I do and the things I have because I'm not stressed out worrying about what other people are thinking and, and stressed about getting the next one and the next accomplishment. I can just move through that and have fun with that because I already feel good. Okay. Does it make sense? It does. Okay, so then once you have the awareness, now start to change the way you think about yourself, which means you've got to pay attention to the way you're thinking. You've got to wake up, get out of the trance, and be conscious. And this is, I think, the hard part. Yes, it is. Yes, (laughs) the part that isn't easy, okay? It's simple, but not easy, especially at first, right? Because we're not used to paying attention to what we're thinking. Never, right? So, yeah, it's it's on autopilot, and that's what's running us. Yep. And then we we think, okay, I feel bad because it's raining today, or I feel bad because no one likes me today. No, I feel bad because I'm thinking myself into feeling bad. Yes. I'm thinking those thoughts. I'm thinking, oh, I don't like a rainy day. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying, oh, okay, the way I feel about myself has nothing to do with a rainy day. It can rain. It can be sunshiny. It can do whatever. And so I have to learn to counter that, to say, wait a minute, stop. One of the easiest ways to... Once you, once you realize, oh, I'm really thinking some negative thoughts, like, oh, that won't work, or I can't right. do that, okay? Yep. And so once I hear that, I've got to be paying attention, and then, wait a minute, stop, stop, stop. I can do that. That will work. And if you're having difficulty with it, a transition would be from the negative to the positive is to recite a nursery rhyme. Really? Really. <laughs> Or sing a song, but the nursery rhymes are totally just neutral to the subconscious mind. Subconscious mind just really gets into them. And, and can, is can you give it. us an example? So, I mean, so, I, I'm following the steps. So, so just okay. say I wake up in the morning and mm-hmm. I'm miserable. The autopilot's what's there is it's right there. I don't want to oh, do is- everything I have to do. I've got to make all these phone calls. I wake up. Um, you know, I'm tempted to step on the scale. I look in the mirror. I'm seeing the gray hairs coming in. I'm miserable. I'm never going to succeed. I'm only pretending. And then all of a sudden it hits me. Okay, wait a minute. I've just caught myself. Okay, I heard this lady, Patricia. All right. So I can change my thinking. Yep, I can do it. So um, I, this is a magnificent day. This is a magnificent day. 
everything good is happening today. Yep, even looking for, we can find some things that we're grateful for, right? Right, I'm grateful. That is a good shift. A good way to shift is what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I just had a bed to sleep on. Oh, if yeah. I, if I had one, right? And I've got and friends and good things. Okay, <laughs> and then what What about the nursery rhyme? Give us an example of, and, I can't okay, even so think of a nursery keep, rhyme off the top of my head right now. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Okay. <laughs> that's an easy one. Okay, so I'm I'm flipping in and out. Oh, this that's a bunch of silly stuff. Yeah, it's right. the same old thing. Sounds good. And I have a hundred no, of these books. Minute. Right, okay. Yeah, I've <laughs> done this. It doesn't work, you know. And, and remember, we always get to be right about whatever we think. That's right. Okay. So if I think it's going to be a a bummed out day and it's too busy and I can't get it all done, it's going to happen because I'm going to make it happen. So, okay, this doesn't work. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. Yes, it does. I've got to give it a chance here. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. And recite the nursery rhyme. Okay, I can't have two thoughts going on at the same time. Okay. So that's what the nursery rhyme does. It breaks that train of or that chain of negative thinking so okay now i'm into mary had a little lamb its fleece was white as snow and i might even want to sing a song whatever and okay i'm having a great day i'm having a beautiful day everything is working out perfectly for me today i like my day i like who i am i'm i'm good with me <laughs> yeah i Right? Right. So, and I just keep repeating that. Sometimes in my day, I'll just stop for a minute because I'll catch myself and I'll just say, I can do this. 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 This is my mantra. And I just repeat it over and over and over again. And that stops the negative thought. So anything that will break and stop the negative thinking that I'm doing mm-hmm. about me or about my day or about others, you know, just so that I can have a positive thought going on, I, I trust in myself. I know I can do this. Look at all I've already done. You know, whatever you want to make that up for yourself. Right. And then as you get going... And you, as you said, you look in the mirror, oh, my gosh, look at this is another bad hair day. Yes. And just say, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't about my hair. My hair is great. You know, because we're our own worst critic, oh, right? I have more hair than a lot of people, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you have beautiful <laughs> hair. <laughs> but that isn't going to do you any good for me to tell you that. No, 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 no. That's the other dependent no. esteem. So right. now, if we've then said this is a great day i'm good with me i've done my marriott a little lamb i'm putting in something positive is it important not just to put in the positive thought but then i'm guessing that leads to a positive feeling and is it important to do a positive action well it will happen pretty automatically okay once you have that thought the feeling changes okay and you'll feel it you'll be able to experience the feeling changing so once you get into that thought and just keep over and over, I can do this, this is a beautiful day, I like me, good things are happening today, whatever that is, you'll start to notice, you'll be able to notice that your feelings are lifting, they're brighter, they're lighter, they're, wow, and now I can smile even, which is part of the action, right? Yes. I have a smile on my face. Oh, I have a little more energy. My body is loosening up a little bit because I am not thinking myself into being totally stressed out for my day. Right. Right? Yes. And, you know, it's really interesting. Our time is coming to an end, though. I'm, like, looking at the clock. Wow, how did it go by so fast? I know. I think one thing that's just hitting me is I often have a lot of moments whether you call them bad moments or frustrating moments or disappointment or you know I feel like procrastinating or I get in just in that slump and it might be again simple maybe not easy but I almost think I want to have a a card with me at all times 
because when you said yeah. the four attachments that run us are the need for approval from others, the need to look good, the need to be right, or the need to control the outcome. I think if I'm having one of those moments, if mm -hmm. I looked and I said, oh, what's happening here is I need to control the outcome. That's why I'm unhappy. That might be the perfect cue to become aware of it and Mary had a little lamb or row, row, row your boat or whatever, but it might be as, as simple and easy as looking at that note card or piece of paper or whatever and it just say, is, isn't, does my problem mm -hmm. that I think I have fall into one of these categories? And if it is, which it probably will be, because I'm looking at all the things that I don't like about my life right now, Patricia, mm -hmm. and every single one falls into this one of these four categories. Right. And if right. I'm able to acknowledge, that's because I'm looking for my esteem from others. It's just Correct. like, okay, let me let me just start practicing this. So I think mm -hmm. that would be a good um, a good tool to use. Absolutely, absolutely. Use the little post-it notes and put them everywhere. Yeah. So that, you know, on your bathroom mirror in the morning, uh, when you wake up in the morning, have it at your bedside so that you can remind yourself because that's what it's going to take is constant just bringing yourself to this conscious level of thinking because most of us are going through life sleepwalking. Yes. And not paying attention. And so, you know, we get through life and we get to the end of it and we look back and we go, wow, how did I get here? Right. Instead of enjoying the journey, you know, life is in the journey, not in the destination. I know we've heard that before. Yeah. It's just not so easy to remember. I know. So right at this moment that I'm talking to you really is the only moment we have right now. And th those of you listening right now, this moment that you're listening, I mean, this is the only moment. This is the journey. And it's, it is funny, too, because uh, as humans, we often think if we get that great job, we'll feel happy. If we get that great relationship, we'll be happy. You know, but then we get into the relationship and then it's like, like, like that's hard work, too. I know right. so many really wealthy people that are unhappy to their core. You've got it. You've got it. And why? Yeah. Because of what I just talked about. Because they're dependent upon the wealth to make them happy. We're dependent upon the relationship to make us happy you know how many people go around and, and think why aren't you doing more to make me happy here yeah exactly oh, well it isn't their job to make me happy it's my it's job my it's job. An, it's an inside job i don't remember what country it is but there's one where there's a lot of poverty starvation sickness and mm -hmm. they have the happiest people yes i don't know which one either but i don't I either do it's I don't remember if it's in Africa, but they have the happiest people. And I thought, what? But this makes perfect sense. It comes from the inside. And yeah. I just have this little tiny, like, pinprick of possibility that I see opening up that if we do feel this on the inside first, there's going to be so much more joy. But not only that, Patricia, but I see... Personally, I would take a whole heck of a lot more action. Yes. And I'd get more accomplished. And there might be yes. more failure and more success, but but who cares? You know, it's that's how we because, learn and grow. Right. And because you aren't attached to it to give it your value, you can have fun doing it. Right. Right. And the truth is I love people I love every interview that I have mm -hmm. like this I love you I think you're the best um, all my guests have been phenomenal and I love this and, and I get to share it and right. this this truly is a self-expression this isn't to sell more books or to make myself famous it's just like I love it and it feels good so it doesn't feel, fall into one of those categories um, Yes, does it feel good to say there's tens of thousands of downloads? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, so I still mm -hmm. am human. Mm -hmm. But I want to have... That, 
go ahead. Excuse me. No, no that's right. And I was just going to say, and that's okay to love yeah. it. That because that's the difference, though, with the self-dependent esteem and the other dependent esteem. With the self-dependent esteem, you can love having lots of accolades and kudos and what have you. The difference is that you don't need it to be no. okay. Right. You aren't dependent upon it to make you feel good. With the self-dependent esteem, you feel good. And it's fine to have lots of nice things or do lots of things that, you know, that are great and to feel good about them. That's, that's healthy wow. because it's coming from a different place. With, it's coming from within you, not from the outside in. Well, Patricia, thank you so much. You know, it's so funny because... Um, Yes, I love to share these interviews, but I truly think <laughs> that I've created this show for me in my life, you know, a little bit selfish. <laughs> but right now, the big thing I've been wrestling with is I've got a lot to do, a lot I want to do. Um, my words have really lit up a lot of people and changed lives. And it's like, how do I get to more people? And as great as that sounds, what's happening is, I have really realized that it needs to start with number one. And if I'm down on myself, and so my question has been, my, my self-internal question is like, how do I get this motivation for myself? And it's so interesting because all of a sudden there'll be a Facebook post that has to do with motivation. Or um, I don't know if you know Brendan Burchard's new book called The yes. Uh, motivation manifest manifesto motivation manifesto i'll be sitting right here yes and i <laughs> yes. just i just ordered it and then so now everything on my radar screen is getting myself internally charged and all and is there any accident that i'm talking to you today about that i don't think mm -hmm. so because it's it's so darn empowering but you just put it in a neat little package, like you said, simple, but not always easy. And I do think for myself, hitting one of those moments, instead of me taking a week to get out of the hole of despair and am I good enough and the procrastination, simply, oh, Sandra, are you looking for approval from others? Oh, do you need to look right. good? Oh, do you need to be right about this? Oh, do you need to control the outcome? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, that's yeah. simply all it is. And then you know, little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. <laughs> okay, you're good. You're grateful. You've got all this good stuff going on. Let's just remember. You, yeah, you. so thank you. Do you, you have and any? I would Go ahead. I would just encourage you and any of the listeners to pick up a copy of Good With Me, uh, the book, a, a Simple Approach to Real Happiness from the Inside Out. It's available for uh, pre-order and uh, right now on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all of the bookstore outlets. And it'll be showing up in bookstores this within the next week or two. And it's already on Kindle, correct? It's already on Kindle, Because I'm, I'm a Kindle girl. I'm that immediate gratification kind of person. Yes, good and deal. do you so, have yes, any it's... closing words? And certainly for our listener, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, and you just scroll down, you'll see Patricia Knoll, N-O-L-L, -L, is her name. I'll put her picture and also the picture of her um, with her doggy Daisy and the butterfly as well. That'll be fun. And then there'll also be the link to your book, Patricia. And then is your website focusoneinc.com? No, it's goodwithme.com. Oh. I have a focusoneinc.com as well. Okay. But I also have goodwithme.com, Good which with is me. what I would encourage them to go to. Okay, I'll put both of those. Well, by the time you are listening to this, it'll already be up to our listener, goodwithme.com. Because truthfully, Patricia, there are some people that may want further words from you than just, just the book. And I know you do offer some pretty profound things with your business so i thank you i thank you i thank you i thank you this has been fun for me and really educational good and i've enjoyed it me too and for our listener thank you i hope that you've gotten some value today too and for all of us to remember maybe when we get stuck in that little funk is to put in a nursery rhyme or if you can't think one, think of one. Break out and sing a song, and just 
um, remind yourself who you really are. For me, I believe that life is an education for our souls and that every single one of us, our lives here on earth are important. We don't need the external validation like Patricia Knoll says. We can really cause it from within and with that I actually think we could have a life that is beyond our wildest dreams. So this is Sandra Champlain. Thanks for listening. Feel free to go to wedontdieradio.com. Leave your comments. Send me an email. And again, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.